0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mind Refinery podcast. As usual, I am your host, Kyle Bodanis. So what you are about to hear is the conclusion of part one of our deep dive into the creative world of Kanye West. Part two will be coming at you Thursday. Before we get started, we are happy to announce that our culinary series, Plated, has been nominated for Best Documentary and Lifestyle Series, as well as Best Toronto Series at the 2020 Toronto Wet Fest. The festival is on July 10th to 11th and we'll have more information on screening schedules on our social media. By the way, if you haven't seen Plated, hop on our YouTube channel to check it out, and absolutely, positively, do not forget to smash that subscribe button. And now, without further ado, here's the show. So, I want to move on to Graduation. Uh, the The previous record kind of really set him up to move into this one, and I think that's kind of what's cool about each record he puts out is because it's as if it's opening a door you know giving an opportunity for the other one to succeed and there's you know a very specific narrative moving forward even if he's just kind of figuring it out in between i think at this point there's still an overall narrative um you know whereas in the next you know we're in the next you know the 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 twisted fantasy and uh, 808 and heartbreaks there's more thought in terms of where he's going to go next, or is these three feel very much linked together? So what are our initial thoughts of Graduation?
1: I, I would say Graduation, I would call that like Kanye's kind of assertion of dominance and his kind of, by this point, it's unmistakable that Kanye is in the pop sphere and Kanye is the lead hip hop or kind of the lead artist of, his, of this time period. You know, there's like, he kind of like, he beats 50 cent in that kind of competition they had the sales oh he
2: destroyed him
1: and that ends the that wave that wave of music and like it literally and figuratively yeah. there's no better
0: metaphor for the end of like for the changing of what is you know the hip-hop not even just the hip i mean obviously like that's a hip you know that has massive implications for the sound of hip-hop so what but you, you know and he will tra- and he will transcend you know the genre at this point like this is the record Part that will, will do it but you, you know the 50 cent in the 50 cent thing obviously a huge publicity stunt i don't think there was that much bad blood between them i think that they both had you know they, they wanted to see how much they could push the records and you got two people you know this and is an, cross
2: promotion too like 100 percent, like, builds, builds, builds
0: yeah. yeah this is why i don't necessarily fully believe all that like blur and oasis shit from the fucking 90s because at the end of the day the only thing that can come from a, this is more people buying more records because then you get you know, the people, The it's like everyone's base comes out to make sure that they're represented. But yeah, I think that whole thing with 50 Cent really reflects where everything is going and how things have settled. Because it, this is an important record for 50 Cent coming out. He's had success, but he's got to keep it going amidst a genre and an industry that is changing as a result of these, you know, young people coming in with maybe less antiquated ideas of, of what hip-hop is. But um yeah
2: yeah i i think that this album is like a very strong declaration and a shift in tone not only for kanye but like in the industry as as itself and like as you said fucking 50 cent those albums there's not a lot of progression on those albums you know i mean there's not a lot of evolution on those albums he's kind of putting out different iterations of the same idea multiple times while kanye is fucking reinventing the wheel every time and yeah like there's like just like the graduation like like the, like the title suit. he's graduating he's kind of leaving back that uh like leaving that college uh dropout persona behind a little bit kind of we're getting a taste of things to come but yeah i think just overall i think it's just like a very like declarative statement of you know a shift in tone
1: i said like everything from the cover you had like uh mirakami designed the cover the brightness mm-hmm. of it compared to like the muted like earth tones of Called Dropout in the dark, kind of cover of a uh, late registration. So this is like yeah. Kanye announcing himself in like so many ways. Like that, like the, the call Dropout there is still present, but the album he's animated now, animated. Yeah, he's like f- shooting off into the stratosphere. Just he's, as, like he's college.
2: literally, yeah, he's literally leaving that like the college behind him. Like he's graduating, he's left that behind him. It you know, new Kanye, new album, who dis?
0: Why did this? You know this album you know make a mark you know what was transcendent about this because this album really takes him he's no longer concerned with i gotta be at the top of the rap game it's how can i be a pop star so what do you think about yeah. this record kind of pushed him in you know to those heights
1: i think like there's a lot of things about this album i think there is the kind of he left the soul trappings of college dropout and late registration he had someone like DJ Toonf on there who was like a producer for Jeezy at the time. He also had Jeezy vocals on the time. So Jeezy was kind of doing his own thing and Connie like was incorporating that sound in. He had like kind of like an indie rock kind of bloodline like flowing through this. Like there's just so much kind of at base. He had T-Pain in there. He had like mm-hmm. Lil Wayne who was like in his own kind of category, but he brought him in and he also still kind of stayed true to his roots through the whole thing. Well, like giving you so much more to work with.
2: Yeah, and just like every single fucking track on this album is just massive. Like every like every track on this album is a banger. Like I, I really don't think there's a, a bad track off off Graduation.
0: Favorite track? It's just it.
2: Honestly, I, one of my favorite songs of his can't tell me nothing, man. Like honestly, that's that's one of my favorites of his. Like that song gets me fired up.
1: I think a lot of people would not like a lot of songs on this album, though. I think for me, I think this is my, like, least favorite of the trilogy. And I think going back, like, probably one of my least favorite Kanye albums, as good as they all are, like, if I had to pick (laughs) an album, I didn't like as much. Like, I think at this time, too, I was, like, concerned with, like, oh, now everyone's found out about Kanye. He doesn't feel, like, as special and as integral to, like, my life because now he, like, belongs to the masses a little bit more. And Mm -hmm. I'd say, like, most people I know don't like Drunk or Hot Girls. Uh, I'd say Big Brother, also aged terribly. Yeah. Drunken Hot Girl is one
0: of my least favorite Kanye West songs.
1: Yeah. I, would say I, I, that. I like I like it, but
2: I can see why people don't. Am I lame for liking Homecoming?
0: I don't think you're lame for liking anything that isn't, you know, Chingy or REO Speedwagon. So, <laughs> I mean... I love Homecoming,
2: man. I don't care. It's so catchy. Um, I've heard the older version too, like without Chris Martin and like that like that one's good too, but man, I don't know. Like I'm I'm not even a Coldplay fan. Uh, but I don't know, man. Something about that hook and like that beat it, it's again, it's it's one of my favorite Kanye's. I,
0: I, it's lame, I know, but I love it. I mean, it's hard to think that liking an artist is special when soccer moms, aka Karen's are you know singing stronger like it's hard to you know it's hard (laughs) to like separate because then all of a sudden it becomes you know i mean there's so many bands and artists where you're like you know i don't mind the person but the uh the fans kind of ruin it for me um one thing morty yeah i kind (laughs) of what i exactly what i really really what i really liked about this album was the arena aspirations that's what for me all of these songs why? I mean, I love this. I, I like this record, minus a couple, uh, you know, a couple things here and there. But its ability to be translated and to be built to be translated on a large stage is fantastic. And you see that, you know, spending his time touring with like U2 and the Rolling Stones. So what you're doing is you're seeing two bands that have created the two large, two of the largest tours in history. From a visual standpoint and from, uh, you know, a sales standpoint, uh, you know, YouTube 2 creates Zoo TV, which is this huge multimedia thing. Um, and then the Stones of the 90s, Bridges to Babylon. And Kanye West talking about how it's almost like... With him, it, there's always apprenticeships. He's always like, how can I work with someone who teaches me how to do this stuff? And you see with yeah, his... always life,
2: learning. Always learning, like we said before.
0: Yeah, and just his ability to make these songs theatrical and you know for a much larger stage bringing arena rock um to the you know to the hip hop lexicon you know what about these you know what about these songs makes them bigger like and how did it fuel you know the glow in the dark tour like why were these songs really custom made for it
2: they're they're bombastic i think that's the easiest way to put it like they're like they fill a stadium like like you got those fucking big beats you got those big fucking hooks like you can have people singing along people rapping along and like i don't know i think it just just lends itself really well to 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 filling up and then he 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 take he looks at everything from like like we we're saying like a visual standpoint so all his live shows are like insane from a technical standpoint like he pairs himself with like like crazy um i don't know what you call them like stage managers for for shows um conceptual artists and stuff so he he really does designs that shit from the from the ground up um i've only seen videos from this tour i've seen i've seen him twice i saw i saw the watch the throne tour and then i saw the yeezus tour so i'm definitely not like super familiar with this but just i'm sure we'll touch on that like later on but just from those shows complete spectacles like they were expensive but worth every second those things were more of like performance art then well especially Jesus was more like performance art than it was um like than it was a concert and like you're watching this in a fucking like at ACC or not Scotiabank now whatever it was ACC at the time. Uh,
1: the Glow Dark tour I thought I thought that was at Molson Amphitheater I saw this one.
2: Oh Molson Amphitheater that would have been a yeah. sick show.
1: Yeah that show and he had Rihanna opening for him who wasn't obviously the Rihanna we know now but I think like it was a lot Damn, of uh, like, electro dope. elements that he brought to this, right? Because like yeah. this is like pre uh EDM taking over the charts, but obviously like working with Daft Punk on stronger and I like, like flashing lights and shit. Flashing lights is like another, like obviously like a huge song. I think Mr. Hudson's on there somehow. Um T Pain, like Good Life. Like there's just there's elements and qualities about like, the songs on here, which don't mirror anything so much on the previous two albums, but kind of point towards a new and a bigger sound and a bigger place. Like you said, like, touring with U2 you, you and kind of coming off of these things. And this is, like, the era of, like, I think iPods were just, like, kind of becoming popular this time, like, or maybe had already been around some iteration, but, like, it was just, like, kind of a, a newer era and a newer wave that music was going that like it hadn't really been what it had come from.
0: Yeah. And returning to dipping back into this idea of arena rock from the seventies, late eighties that, you know, and incorporating that into what he does. I, I was at Lollapalooza grand park in 2008 and we caught a set But they overlapped the headliners. Like, this was a particularly awesome uh, headlining, like, you know, rundown. So, like, it was like Radiohead, Nine Inch Nails, Rage Against the Machine, Wilco, and uh, Kanye West. And absolutely fantastic. One of the best lineups I've ever seen. So, we caught, I believe it was Rage Against the Machine, and then went to the other side, and we caught the last part of Kanye West's set, and he played stronger. And it was just incredible because we had we didn't listen we didn't laugh off that Kanye West was headlining it it's just that if you haven't seen what he's doing and really thought about it and how it translates you're gonna you're not gonna get it unless you experience it and when we went there you know he closed with Stronger and it was just as big and bombastic as any of the rock bands we had seen and that's why he's a pop artist because you know, people, and I I think people unfairly give hip-hop a bad name from a live perspective, I just think that there's, I don't think there's the associate, I think at certain points in the hip-hop lexicon, there wasn't the association with big live acts as there was with, you know, as there was with, you know, just laying down good beats, putting out good records, it's almost like the live act was kind of an afterthought, whereas with Kanye West, it's, it's the centerpiece, it's what he is it's the nine to five of the of his musical career and you know his ability to project that I was really wowed and he you know he he was like touching you know sorry uh picking Trent Reznor's brain on how to light stages and like talking to his lighting guy and talking about how he's incorporating his electronic elements with lighting and all these different things to make this better and then when you see it live you really understand why in interviews he's like, you know, a song like stronger is meant to be on a stage in front of thousands and thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of people. And you really see what that is. And you really get it. I, that's why I think I've seen him live a couple of times. I think you really, in order to really understand his artistry, you must see him in person.
2: Yeah. Um, think... let, 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 let me ask you just a quick question. Um, what Other than like, I, the only ones I can think of is like Beastie Boys, but like in a hip hop, were there, were there any other acts that were doing like big stage shows?
1: Yeah, there was was a lot of, like, I mean, Eminem was going on huge tours around this time. Like, the Up in Smoke tour with, like, M Right, uh, okay, okay. Those big Rockefeller tours. But, like, I think before this, you couldn't, or, and after this, you couldn't tour the same way and do stadiums. Like, I think you could maybe do some of the bigger cities at, like, at the time. But, like, I think after this was, like, you had to rethink, as a hip-hop artist, you had to rethink your live show. Your live show can't just be a party. Yeah, I, I think that's what was still
0: missing. I think that the Up in Smoke tour was a turning point in that because what they did was they put on this big spectacle and especially played on the ideas of like... You know, and also like when Eminem was touring, just playing on his idea and his lens of America and playing using that as part of his live performance and his setup. It, there's just a narrative with Kanye. You know, like he creates this whole sci-fi thing around you know this whole sci-fi storytelling around you know the glow in the dark tour and it's it's like something yes would have done in the 70s it's like something rush would have done in the 70s you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. but he's not afraid of it like i'm sure if you went up to somebody in 2004 and said listen we're going to do a live performance and it's going to be big, and it's going to be about this you know, uh, sci-fi, they'd be looking at you and probably being like, well, what the fuck? Because you know what? He probably said something like this at his original pitch meetings like to Capitol. He's probably like, we're going to do this, I'm going to be greatest, I'm going to be bigger than this, and we're going to make this huge thing, and it's going to be fucking huge. And they're looking at him like, I don't even see what this is going to be. Yeah. Because it takes, we'll put it this way, uh, you know, we mentioned him before, but all credit to Dame Dash for really seeing what this whole fucking thing could be. You know, what I mean, whether it was not wanting to lose the beats that he could make, or you know, just understanding that overall, you know, he just overall his talent and what he brought from a level of artistry, it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty fucking big. And you know, uh, to what you're saying, Coburn, you can't like at this point it changes the paradigm for tur- for touring. There is like there's things now there is an absolute base minimum that you have to do. When you're when you're touring now, or else people are like, "Well, what the fuck is that? Why did I just pay ninety dollars of my money, hundred and twenty dollars of my money, three hundred dollars of
1: my money?"
2: Yeah, I was gonna say for for Kanye, that's that's a more accurate number.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you can like look at like the people who came after him. You can look at like Kendrick's recent tours, or obviously like Drake's recent tours, or like anyone who's toured, and it's like you went from like being a rapper on a stage and a DJ, and maybe like kind of some graphics, and now like. There's risers, there is, like, people are setting up stages differently, people are, like, coming down from, like, like dropping down on you and stuff like that. Like, kind of stuff that you didn't really see unless it was, like, stadium rock because rap didn't really have the capacity, maybe, at the time. But now rap is completely has the capacity, and rap, like, since Kanye has to have the capacity or else it's not really worth it to go see it.
0: This music filled the space sonically to make that happen, I think.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: I think it allowed, I mean, artists like Madonna in the late 80s, when they were putting together, you know, what their arena situation were going to be like, they were very wary of that. And that's why they made sure that, you know, that the live experience was separate from necessarily the album experience, which for pop is risky, you know, so only the best can really pull it off. But, you know, for me, this changes the way we look at, you know, the rap world, and I want to know like, when this album is done, what, where do we find Kanye West in the pop lexicon?
2: At the forefront, I
1: Yeah, I think he's undeniably like who are his contemporaries at this point, like, there's not really anyone who was filling space like him, there's not really anyone who was taking the risks at the same time that he was. And like, he kind of had completely kind of crossed over from being, like, also like this is obviously two years after, but like calling out the president, what rapper, like since like NWA or whoever had like publicly called out the president, to the point where it was like a national headline.
0: Yeah. I think at this point, I mean, you can't, it would be disingenuous to call him a rapper. I think, um, you know, he's a, at this point he's, he is a, he is the pop music trendsetter. Um, The things that are going to happen in music... Are going to largely... Not completely... But be largely based on the things that he's going to do. And he's going to set a sound... And he's going to tear that sound down. And then he's going to set another sound up... And he's going to tear it down again. And he can do that... Because it's almost like he's fucking Neo... In the Matrix... Where he understands the rules... So he can manipulate things to how... He sees fit. This idea of terraforming the music industry... For the things that he's gonna put out, and I think his ability to do that, there's very few artists who can do that at that level and can and really consider the whole package. Like he is, I mean, on our you know Lance on our weekend uh, on our on our podcast about the weekend, we talked about the weekend's ability to kind of do that, getting the ability to do that now, where he kind of understands how media works, how pop music works, and he's able to you know work through that and really embrace it Kanye West dictates it though and that's what put him at this point he's at the highest tier you know of musicianship sorry um you know of a pop pop creativity
1: and musicianship at this point um should we come back to the 50 cent battle do we touch on that enough like how big of a shift that was let's talk about it more well I think like having someone like who was at 50s level and 50 had gone diamond what like at least twice maybe up until this point and yeah the first
0: record especially was ridiculous
1: like there was no one really like him and it was kind of like the rebirth or a a third iteration of gangster rap where the point to the point where like you know it was like him and eminem were the old rappers that were like banned and protested against i remember in toronto there was like a toronto star article with like we can't let him come to the city he's gonna negatively affect everything
0: i forgot about would... that it's ludicrous it's crazy
1: yeah it's crazy it's absolutely crazy to think about now but at the time it was like so serious now they're doing it like... with
0: jordan peterson but before it was fucking eminem
1: <laughs> yeah eminem and 50 cent yeah so to kind of have kane who at that point like up onto the point wasn't like like the suburban, the rapper that like, you know, maybe played in the suburbs in the same way that 50 did to kind of tear down that old paradigm and replace it with his new like soul and pop and indie and like this new infused kind of way. And like, I don't think gangster rap really ever recovered to the point that it was like at like when 50 cent was, was raining, you know, like people weren't going, people didn't go platinum like that after.
0: Well, it's like Gangsta Rap didn't invite other people to the party, you know, like it didn't it didn't bring in the wider musical community, so it could never transcend, you know, its genre, or it could even really continue, right? Like, in order for music to continue for a long time, you know, you, you, it it needs to be constantly fueled, and it needs to have room to grow, and you can't just keep listening. That's why, you know, the the, the comment about. 50 cents records just kind of being the same thing over and over again is spot on because it's like, are you selling hits or are you trying to create something? Like that's that for me is the fundamental difference. And listen, if you on more power to anybody who makes good tracks and gets paid for it. Like that is difficult shit. But I think at some point, especially when you're comparing them in a beef not in a beef, but in a competition. You have one artist who is stagnant and representing the old world and this new artist who all he wants to do is consume more influence and then spit it out uh, to, you know, an unsuspecting population and then have them love it.
1: Yeah, uh, it was, it's amazing. and it, it, Like, I don't think we'll see another paradigm shift like that so obvious and so like in your face.
0: Yeah, I think we are if anything, we're due for one now, but I'm just wondering where the fuck that's going to come from.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, like, is is anyone, because I don't think we'll see another Connie, I don't think we'll see another like, like, once in a lifetime kind of person to shift whole industries and whole genres, and bend them and mold them and like you said, terraform them to as well.
0: I think that the music industry is a little too decentralized for that at the point at this point. Um whereas in the but I mean at the same time like everyone says that, everyone says, I don't know if there's gonna be another this and I don't know don't know if there's gonna be another that and like in my gut my gut reaction to that is you're right. But then it's like then it comes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then yeah, it, so comes, it comes. E- exactly. And this is probably why he got rejected so many times. Because it's like That's no true. one else could see that too. And there is and to be very honest with you if anything it's you got to have a little know-how you got to have a fucking little bit of luck too
1: absolutely that, i hope
0: it catches on so to tie up this thing this whole this first leg of our journey here uh, what work best defines this period for kanye west you know at the end of this run what would be the work that if you were say okay describe kanye west's early period what what would you show them
2: probably late registration I think I think um it's just like that perfect kind of like sweet spot where even though like I may like graduation better I think graduation is kind of like a taste of kind of like what of things to come and like um uh college dropout is uh kind of like almost a bit of a summary of like all his past, like the like his past uh but uh, before the solo work so I feel like yeah I think late registration is probably most representative of that era.
1: Yeah, I think I would I would double down on that. I would say graduation is a good summation of like what led up, but I think late registration distills uh Kanye best at this era, at this time period. Like it's Mm -hmm. kind of the sum of all its parts. So I think what obviously you can't have graduation without late registration, but late registration I think is a little bit fuller it's a little bit like it shows you the the lushness and as much as it's not like a stadium album in the same way that graduation is it gives you the best parts of calls dropout and it kind of fills out conan and it gives you his politics again reiterates but also gives you a bit more into his personality it's introspective and it's like it connects it connects in a way that i think graduation doesn't for me i think
0: graduation is a more ambitious record i think it aspires to be more but late registration is the complete idea i think i i think that there was it's what he wanted to accomplish at the beginning of his career i think it's the footnote i think graduation is almost more akin to the records that would follow but not as good as the records that they would follow, if that makes any sense. So what he wanted to do and where he wanted to take things is represented on Graduation, but he doesn't fully get there until albums, you know, the next albums. I think Late Registration is his best purely hip-hop album. I think it's fantastic. I think it's... Um, I think I, one of the best records of the decade, for sure. And it just gives me a feeling, it takes me to a time and place that I really... It's the only album that can really do it. Uh, It's kind of the one that cemented my love of Kanye West. And it made me want to embrace the narrative that he was putting out even more. So that's why on graduation, it was amazing to see him experiment. But he was hinting at a bigger thing that he would eventually get to, which is creating that certified, you know, legendary album, that certified one that has to go into the Library of Congress because it's so fucking good i think it's my dark twisted fantasy however late registration uh i think it's the only one of his albums that can really be argued is as good as that record i love his other records but i think that my dark twisted fantasy represents an idea that came to its full completion and late registration is the first idea that came to full completion
1: yeah, yeah I would that's, say...
2: that's a good way to put it yeah
1: did did you say uh, that like some of, some of his albums feel like there's half half of his old album and half of his new album? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that like definitely sums graduation up. Because I think he kind of starts you you lead in with the wake up Mr. West, which is from late registration, and then the kind of school theme almost dies out like really early on. Yeah. In this album, and then there's like a new kind of Kanye that comes after like the school theme is kind of over. And then Kanye's like kind of has more freedom to experiment and to grow. And as soon as like the school theme wraps up and I think the school theme wraps up super quickly on, on graduation. And then he bleeds into a new Kanye. It's and then, almost, you got, then you have like yeah. stronger
2: and then like, yeah, Like stronger is almost like it kicks down the door and like, this is kind of like the, the new, what's new.
0: The college thing is almost like an afterthought on Graduation. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of how Sergeant Peppers is about this fictional band, but that's not really put through the entire record. It, like, appears in Flourishes, but, like, there's still, you know, Get Within You Without You, where it's it's not part of that narrative, where it's more moving on to another thing. I think that's what Graduation does. I, I totally agree. It doesn't... Keep, it, it's almost like you're seeing the epilogue of the, the college situation, the college narrative, and then yeah. it's, talk, it's where he's going to go next.
1: Because he initially was going to be a four-part uh, album uh, like concept, so it was going to be oh, college drama, uh, registration, graduation, and then culminating in good-ass job, and we'll definitely talk about it on the next episode, but there was something that obviously derailed where he was heading with that
2: yeah that makes a lot of sense
0: all right guys on that note we got to get out of here uh coburn andrew thank you very much uh thanks for having me yes no thank you for being here It it was a good time and we'll talk to you next time Alright guys, thanks for listening. Just a reminder, if you like this podcast and want to keep hearing it, subscribe and give us a five-star review. And if you're not already subscribing to our YouTube channel or following us on social media, get on
1: it. You will not regret it.